Chapter Seventeen of Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith. Life of Luther by Gustav A. Just. Chapter Seventeen Luther's Family Life. One. Luther enters holy matrimony. According to the Pope's doctrine, also called the religious, like the monks, nuns, and priests dare not marry. Luther, on the contrary, proved from the word of God that this doctrine is false, that matrimony is God's institution and honorable in no man. This true of himself, he declared, I have no disposition to marry because i may daily expect a death as a heretic but many of his friends urgently requested him for the sake of strengthening many weak hearts also to enter holy matrimony and thus confirm his doctrine by his action his father also dearly wished to see his son marry a pious wife by god's help Luther was soon firmly resolved by his own action to testify before the world his own and the doctrine of holy scriptures that matrimony is pleasing to God. He was of good courage and exclaimed, To spite the devil and please my old father, I will marry my Kate before I die. And later on he said, By my own example, I wished to confirm what I had taught and because many were so timid although the gospel shone so brightly god willed it and accomplished it on the thirteenth of june fifteen twenty five luther invited his friends bergenhagen justus jonas abel and the painter lucas cranach together with the latter's wife to supper and in their presence he entered holy matrimony with Catherine of Borja. Justus Jonas informed Spalatin of this joyous occurrence in these words, Luther has married Catherine of Borja. Yesterday I was present at the marriage. My soul was so deeply moved at spectacle that I could not retain my tears. Since it is now done, and God has willed it, I sincerely wish this excellent and true man and dear father in the Lord all happiness. God is wonderful in his works and in his counsels. 2. Training of the Children Luther's marriage with Catherine of Borja was blessed with six children, who were raised severely but piously. Luther enjoined their company and delighted to watch them at play. When little Martin once played with a doll and in prattling said it was his bride, Luther remarked, So sincere and without wickedness and hypocrisy, we would have been in paradise. Therefore, children are the loveliest starlings and dearest little chatterboxes. They do and speak everything naturally and in the simplicity of their hearts. When he saw the boys, as children will do, quarrel and then again make peace, he said, Dear Lord, how pleasing to thee is such life and play of the children. When at one time 
they all with beaming eyes and glad expectation stood about the table on which the mother had placed the peaches and other fruit he enjoined the picture and said whoever wishes to see the picture of one rejoicing hope has here a true portrait oh that we could look forward to judgment day with such joyous hope when luther at another time visited milanton he found him in his study surrounded by his family he was well pleased with this and said dear brother philip i praise you for finding things with you as they are with me at home wife and children in your company i have also given my little johnny a ride upon my knees to-day and carried my little magdalene about upon her pillow and pressed her to my heart when luther returned home from a journey he never missed bringing something along for his children at the same time he was very strict at one time he would not allow his son john to come into his presence for three days until he begged pardon for an offence and when his mother interceded for him luther said i would rather have a dead than a spoiled son at another time he said i do not wish my son john treated with too much leniency he must be punished and held to strict account he was diligent in teaching his older children the catechism and prayed with them the ten commandments the creed and the lord's prayer how lovely he could speak with his children is shown by the following letter which he wrote when he was at Coburg to his little son john who was then four years of age grace and peace in christ my dear little son i am very glad to know that you learned your lessons well and love to say your prayers keep on doing so my little boy and when i come home i will bring you something pretty from the fair i know a beautiful garden where there are a great many children in fine little coats and they go under the trees and gather beautiful apples and pears cherries and plums they sing and run about and are as happy as they can be sometimes they ride about on nine little ponies with golden bridles and silver saddles i asked a man whose garden it is what little children are these and he told me they are little children who love to pray and learn and are good then i said my dear sir i have a little boy at home his name is johnny luther would you let him come into the garden too to eat some of these nice apples and pears and ride on these fine little ponies and play with these children the man said if he loves to say his prayers and learn his lesson and is a good boy he may come and philip and jocelyn may come too and when they are all together they can play upon the fife and drum and the lute and all kinds of instruments and skip about and shoot with little crossbows he then showed me a beautiful mossy place in the middle of the garden for them to skip about in with a great many golden fives and drums and silver crossbows the children had not yet had their dinner and i could not wait to see them play but i said to the man my dear sir i will go away and write all about it to my little son john and tell him to be fond of saying his prayers and learn well and be good so that he may come into the garden but he has an aunt 
Lena, whom he must bring along with him. The man said, Very well, go right to him. Now, my dear little son, learn to love your lessons and to say your prayers, and tell Philip and Jocelyn to do so too, that you may all come to the garden. May God bless you. Give Aunt Lena my love and kiss her for me. A.D. 1530. Your dear father, Martin Luther. 3. The Death of Magdalene How dearly Luther loved his children, we can see from his pious and touching conduct during the sickness and death of his little daughter, Magdalene. In the beginning of September 1542, being then in her fourteenth year, she became ill. When she was now sick unto death, she longed very much for her brother John, whom she loved most dearly. He was then at school at the Torgau. Luther at once sent a wagon there and wrote to Rector Kuldel that he should send John home for a few days. John find his sister still alive. The disease tortured the poor child for fourteen more days, and her father suffered very much with her. When a hope of recovery vanished more and more, Luther prayed, Lord, I love her very much, and would like to keep her. But, dear Lord, since it is thy will to take her away, I am glad to know that she will be with thee. And when she lay a-dying, he said to her, Magdalene, my dear little daughter, you would like to remain with this your dear father, wouldn't you? But also gladly go to that father? The child answered, Yes, dear father, as God wills. She died in his arms on the evening of the 20th of September, at nine o'clock. The mother was also in the same room, but at a distance from the bed because of her great sorrow. As she wept bitterly and was very sad, Luther said to her, Dear Kate, consider where she is going. She fares well indeed. When they laid her in her coffin, he said, You dear little Lena, how happy you are. You will rise again and shine as the stars, yea, as the sun. To the bystanders, he said, In the spirit, indeed, I rejoice, but according to the flesh I am very sad. Such parting is very painful. It is very strange to know that she is in peace and well off, and yet to be so sad. The people who had come to the funeral to express their sympathy, he addressed thus. You ought to rejoice. I have sent a saint to heaven. Yes, a living saint. Oh, that we had such a death, such a death I would accept this moment. After the funeral, Luther said, My daughter is now taken care of both as to body and as to soul. We Christians have nothing to complain of. We know that it must be thus. We have the greatest assurance of eternal life, for God cannot lie who has promised it to us through and for the sake of his Son. Upon her grave he placed the following epitaph. I, Luther's daughter Magdalene, with the saints here sleep, 
and covered calmly rest on this my couch of earth. Daughter of death I was, born of the seed of sin, but by thy precious blood redeemed, O Christ, I live. 4. Home Life and Charity Elector John gave Luther the former cloister building as a residence. It was a large house with a beautiful garden, close to the walls of the city. The narrow cloister cells were changed into large rooms. Here Kate now went to housekeeping. She was a faithful and saving housekeeper. Luther's income was very small. He received a salary of 200 florins. Withal, he was very charitable toward the poor and hospitable toward his visitors. Hardly a week passed that he entertained no guests. From all countries, they came to Wittenberg, doctors and students, to see the man face to face who had accomplished such great things. Besides this, he was daily visited by friends and students. It was therefore no easy matter to manage the household with the meagre salary. But his friends took care that under God's blessing he suffered no want, and Luther confessed, I have a strange housekeeping indeed. I use up more than I receive. Although my salary is but two hundred florins, and yet every year I must spend five hundred for housekeeping, and in the kitchen not to speak of the children, other luxuries and arms. I am entirely too awkward. The support of my needy relatives and the daily calls of strangers make me poor. Yet I am richer than all popish theologians, because I am content with little and have a true wife. The following are a few examples of Luther's charity. A student once came to him and complained with tears of his need. As Luther had no money, he took a silver cup that was gilded within and said, There, take that cup and go home in God's name. His wife looked at him and asked, Are you going to give everything away? Luther pressed the cup together in his strong hand and said to the student, Quick, take it to the goldsmith. I do not need it. At another time, a poor man asked him for assistance. Luther had no money, but took his children's savings and gave them to him. When his wife reproached him, he said, God is rich, he will give us more. A man exiled because of his faith asked him for alms. Luther had but one dollar, called Joachim, which he had carefully saved. Without thinking long, he opened his purse and called, Joachim, come out. The Saviour is here. Friends, students, doctors, and all kinds of admirers often sat at Luther's table. The meal was generally simple, but seasoned with serious and cheerful conversation. After table, he was found of having a little music with his friends and children. In praise of music, he said, Music is great comfort to a sad person. It cheers and refreshes the heart and fills it with contentment. It is half a schoolmaster and makes the people softer, meeker, more modest, and more reasonable. I have always loved music. Whoever knows this art has a good nature and is fit for everything. Music 
should by all means be taught in schools. A schoolmaster must be able to sing, or I will not look at him. At another time, he said, music is a gift and blessing of God. Next to theology, I give to music the first place and highest honor. 5. Luther's Opinion on His Wife and Holy Matrimony Luther writes of his married life, God willed it, and praise God, I have done well, for I have a pious and true wife in which a man may confide. She spoils nothing. In these words, he lauds his Kate. She has not only faithfully nursed and cared for me as a pious wife, but she has also waited upon me as a servant. The Lord repay her on that day. I consider her more precious than the kingdom of France, for she has been to me a good wife, given and presented to me of God, as I was given to her. I love my Kate, yes, I love her more than myself. That is certainly true. I would rather die myself than have her and the children die. In praise of marriage, he said, According to God's word, there is no sweeter and dearer treasure upon earth than holy matrimony, which he himself has instituted, and which he also preserves, and has adorned and blessed above all other estates. End of chapter 17 Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith